Okay, good morning. Today's daf is daf Kuftes. Today's shir is Lilunishmas Avram ben Peretz, Dov Yitzchak ben Moshe, and Eliyahu ben Yeshayahu. May the Neshamas have an aliyah, and may their memory be a blessing. Um, it's also for the Shleim of Chayachai Kabbat Baba Mishla, and Yitzchak Yehuda ben Miriam. Okay, so yesterday we left off in the, the middle of... Uh, we're going to go from... It's a little bit quite high up on Kuf Chesamud Bayes, 108... Uh, about 20 lines from the bottom. Um, the first word of the line is Mantana. Who's the author? The Gemara is asking the question is, remember yesterday we raised a contradiction in the, in the Mishnah. We were discussing if a person does, if one husband gives his mana wife a get, and then she re... I'm going on the second case, not to introduce too many cases right at the beginning. So she um, he gives his wife a get. And then as she goes and marries again, Midra because she's still a mana, a second husband. And that husband... Um, and she does mion to the second husband. There seemed to be a contradiction in the Mishnah. Does that mion allow her to go back to her first husband? Because we're saying it's as if she... Because the Mu'un cancels, highlights that she's a katana and that that get is nothing. Or does the Mu'un not work to cancel the get from another man and she wouldn't be allowed to return to him? So that's, that seemed to be a contradiction between the first half and the second half of the Mishnah. So the Gomorrah asks, okay, so you're telling me... So the one answer given... Um, the easier answer on the surface was Tavra, Misha, Shanazu, Lo Shanazu. It's a, the Mishnah's uh, split. The one who taught the one did not teach the other. I had two different opinions. One opinion holds it does cancel the Mu'un. Uh, sorry, the Mu'un does cancel the Get. And the other opinion holds it does not. So the Gemara asks, Mantana, where do you see two different opinions in this? Where do we see the two different opinions? <coughs> So Omar, Rav Yehud, Omar Rav, Rav Yehud said in the name of Rav, we are on Kupches Amud Beis. Omar Rav Yehud, Omar Rav, my dear Siv, what does the Pesach mean when it says, we could only draw water, uh, drink water when we paid, and and we could only get firewood for an expensive price. So, the, so, so they explain what this is referring to. I, it's an allusion to um, need, as we'll see, to needing to pay to owe to get Torah. Torah is referred to as uh, as water, etc. So that's what it seems to be an allusion to the Pesach. So it says, "V'shansa sakona." It was a time of danger. Uh, there were decrees by the Roman government that they weren't allowed to learn Torah, and it's vaksha halacha zu, and they wanted to know this halacha. I does the miun, does the Sorry, does the mune on the second has to the second husband cancel the get to the first husband? They wanted to know the salacha, but it was a shasa sakana. There was an issue to learn Torah. So how are they going to get anyone to go to uh, the rav and ask him a halachic shala? So he says, Harishiotsamirishon. Yeah, sorry. So the, what's the, the question? The Gemara says the question. Harishiotsamirishon begetumichayni b'miun. She left the first husband with a get and the second husband with miun. Umahu Shetan can she go back and remarry the first husband? So Skoro Adam Echod Ba Abamir Zuz. They ended up paying someone four hundred Zuz. Vishalo Esrabi Akiva Bavesa Zurim and they sent him to find out the halacha from um from uh, Rabbi Akiva, who was in jail. Remember, Rabbi Akiva was actually in jail for learning Torah and teaching Torah. Mm. And now, but the, so they found someone who was prepared for, okay, an exorbitant price. But you know, for the right price, you'll find someone who's prepared to take the chance. So this guy went to ask Rabbi Akiva. So he says, Ba'asar. And Rabbi Akiva said, it's forbidden. Omar Rabbi Yehuda ben Maseira. Es Rabbi Yehuda ben Maseira ben Nitzvin. They went to ask Rabbi Yehuda ben Maseira, the Allah in Nitzvin. Ba'asar. And he also said, it's forbidden. And Omar Rabbi Shmuel ben Rabbi Yoisi. We don't need to even ask them. This couldn't have been what they were asking Rabbi Akiva and Rabbi Yudhav and Maseira, paying someone this exorbitant fee to ask them such a simple question. Why? The Isu you allow her, you permit her what, in what could be an Isu Kares IHSS adultery, the Isu Lav, for just a negative commandment of returning to a woman, um, a man returning the wife that he already divorced. Definitely, she would be allowed to. I, if Mion works, 
to permit her to marry another man. Now, we know it's not Doris that's not adultery. This is what we were discussing yesterday yeah. on the way to the car, Benji. Yeah. Doris that's not adultery because, because she's only married Rabbonin. She's not really married. Mm. But it's like you're using Mion to uproot her marriage. Mm. If you allow Mion to cancel the marriage, then the Mion's definitely strong enough to allow her to go back to her previous husband because that's a much lesser issue. Again, you're right, not real Isurim because it's only in the Darabonin level, but at one's much more severe Midrabonin than the other one would be severe Midrabonin. So, so that can't be the question they asked. It says, Barom Katshalu. This is what they asked. A little bit of a tricky case. This young girl was his mother's father's wife, which is a Isudrabonin to him. His, it's his aunt from his mother's side. Sorry, not, not mother's father, mother's brother's wife. Mother's, yeah, it's his mother's brother, uh, his uncle's wife. But remember, his mother's, his father's brother's wife is, is, is one of the Arias Doraisa. His mother's brother's wife is only a Shnir, an Isudra Bonin. So it's a Shnir law. Then, Venosa Ochiv, yeah, and then it turns out, um, so there was this Katana who was married to his mother's brother, and then the guy, the, then that man gave her a get, let's assume. And she married his brother from his father's side, and then that brother died. Do we allow her to do? Yes, let's just explain the difficulty we have now. So again, once she was, once remember, once an erva, always an erva. Once someone becomes also to you through marriage, they remain also forever, even if that marriage dissolves, falls apart, etc. Even if there's a get or the husband dies. Um, why? And so it says, except, yeah, remember we've said, except for Achos Isha, your wife's sister. If the wife, again, as long as the wife is as alive, even if you've divorced, etc., the sister remains forbidden. But if the sister, if the wife has died, then you can marry your sister. That's the only exception. All other arayos, once she becomes an erva, even if there's a divorce, so the marriage is cancelled, or cancelled the wrong word, so the marriage is, um, so they've, they've divorced, then she remains an erva. So this woman who married his uncle is still a shneer to him. Just bear in mind, she was a katana, so she's only a midrabonon married to his brother's wife. Um, and now the question is, we know Mion works differently than a get. Because remember, Mion completely uproots the marriage. Mion makes it as if the marriage was never. It doesn't say there's a get, either they were married and now it's been uh, dissolved. It actually uproots as if they were never married. Null and void. Null and void, yeah. And, but even retroactively, yeah. yeah. Um, then comes along, um, but now we want to know, so can she do mion to her? Dis, well, to her first husband, to her deceased husband. Because again, she was married to this guy's mother's brother. Which made her a second. So well, that's the question. She, so that husband has died now, and she remarried this guy's brother from his father. Okay, so she was a mother. Her first husband was his mother's brother. I. Eh? She was his aunt from her first husband. Then her first husband. Uh, it seems to make no difference whether died or divorced, but let's just learn died. And then she married his brother. Okay, so first she was married to his uncle, and now she's married to his brother. To his brother from the father's side. And then the brother died without children, so she falls in Yibum. The issue is, Midrabonon, she's an erba, because she was married to his father's, to his mother thing. So can she do Mion on that first marriage, so that she can now do Yibum? That's the question. Let's see if yeah, so that's a good question. It's, it's along the lines of she would say, that marriage, that marriage is now causing me inconvenience. I don't want it, even though she's not married anymore, because that marriage is preventing her doing evil. 
So that that seems to be the. Would point. there be another brother? Yeah, he remember there's the, the, yeah, the, the, there's the central point, the guy we're talking about, right. who's and then there was this katana who married this guy. Let's call him Ruvain's uh, um, uncle. Then Ruvain's uncle died, and she went and married Ruvain's brother from his father's side. So now the question is, can she do Mion on her first marriage so she can do Yibum to Ruvain? There's Ruvain, who this katana, this minor girl, married, first married his uncle. Ruvain's the, the focus, the... He, he's the he's the guy that ties it all together. She, this katana first married his uncle mm-hmm. uh, from his mother's side, and now she went and married his brother from the father's side. But again, remember his bro- if when his brother dies with our children, she falls in yibum. Mm-hmm. However, she was his aunt. So we wonder, can she do meon? So it's as if she was never his aunt. Let's see this inside. Um, do we say, Can she do now and uproot the first Nisuyin? And then, he, then they can do Yibum. Another way to phrase the question, Do we allow Mion in this case to permit the mitzvah of Yibum or not? So that was their question. So they hired two people. Interesting, some changed the gears again. They had to actually pay two people now instead of just one. Why did it change from one people to two people? But that's a different... Um, I don't want to go into that. Now, Odom Ba'arba Meil Zuz. So, they... Shnei B'nei Odom Ba'arba Meil Zuz. They hired two people for 400 Zuz. Ubal V'shalwes Rabbi Akiva Vesa Surinu. And they went and asked Rabbi Akiva this question while he was in jail. V'asar and he forbade it. Es Rabbi Yehuda Ben Besaira Ben Nitzvin. V'asar. They went and they asked Rabbi Yehuda Ben Besaira Ben Nitzvin and he forbade it. Omar Rav Yitzhak Bar Eishon Umoide Rav. Yeah, so that's... <coughs> That's the question. Omar Rav Yitzhak Bar Eishon Umoide Rav Rav agrees Shemotores La'achiv Shelzu Shenesh Ra'olov She's permitted to the brother that she became also Sorry, this is a new point. So we ended off that discussion and that the answer to that question was no. You can't do Mu'un after the marriage has already been dissolved at the get or the husband has died. Um, Rav Yitzhak Bar Eishon's going back on a new point. Remember Rav said that if a man divorces this girl She's not allowed to go back to him through Mion. And the reason, now really, if, remember, a man's not allowed to marry, remarry a woman who was married in the interim. He was married to a woman, she divorced, and then she got remarried, and then she gets divorced, her husband dies, he's not allowed to remarry her. But Mion shouldn't work like that, because Mion completely uproots the second marriage. So you can't say, it's as if she was married in the interim. It's as if she was not married in the interim. So why can't you go back to her husband? So Rav came along and said, no. We're concerned that he divorced her. She went and got remarried. Now she's going to um, regret divorcing her. And he's going to try, remember, use hints and signals to lure her back, to persuade her to do me and come back to him. So to prevent that, we don't allow the husband to remarry this katana even after she does mune to someone else. Even though it's not it's not really Master Rushasa because it's as if she wasn't married in the interim. So that's on Umoide Rab Rab agrees, Shemuteris Lachishal says However she is agree um, permitted to the brothers of this one. I she's not viewed since the Mun does really uproot the Get the mule shows us that that wasn't a real get because she's a katana, and Rav had a special reason why she can't go back to specifically to the husband that gave her the get, okay? Because we're scared he'll try to lure her away. But everyone else, the mule's fully effective for, so she can go back to one of his brothers. Generally, a man is not allowed to marry his brother's wife, even if she's been married to 20 men in the interim since subsequent to his brother. The only time a man's allowed to marry his brother's wife is in the case of Yibo. But we're not discussing the case of Yibo. But here, since there was Mion, it uproots the get and she could marry. So, Pshita, Hainu, the Maheris, Marizim, Law. Well, that's obvious she should be allowed to go back to this guy's brothers because it's specifically him that we're scared he's going to use hints and secrets to lure her, persuade her to do, to leave her current husband. So, what is Namatayno? Ligzurahai, Atuhai, Kamash Malan. You might have thought that we should make Xaira 
on the brothers because you might come to him. Come as well, that we don't make such a zero. Again, if we're saying, if you allow her to marry the brothers, you're clearly saying the mule is very effective. Because otherwise, if you're not saying the mule is effective, then how could she marry him? So if the mule is effective, well then why can't she go back to her first husband? So you'll get confused. So come as well, maybe you would have thought that there should be a blank zero. She's not allowed to go back to the man who gave her a get or his brothers. No, we're not worried. They could only some have the opposite way around. Omar Abiza Barashun, Omar Rabisa Barashun said in the name of Rav, Kashem Sha Osrulai, Kah Osrulachim. Just as she's forbidden to him, she's also to the brothers. But she won't recognize their hints. They're not going to be persuaded to leave her current marriage. So why are we worried about her marrying the brothers? No, we're worried that if you allow her to marry the brothers, she'll come to marry him. Okay. Okay, very tricky piece. Let's start the new Mishnah. Bottom of Kufches on We'll have to get as far as we can in the remaining time. Long daf and sure, uh, and we're and we're already and we and we've only just caught up yesterday. <laughs> but let's go over it. So Hamagari says zero If a man divorces his wife and then he remarries her, so we're not discussing case when she was remarried in the interim. A man divorces his wife, he regrets it. As long as she hasn't been married in the interim, he's allowed to remarry her. So that's what he did. Muteres le Yovam, and then he dies without children. She is permitted to the Yovam. This is very... Why is this, why is this novel? What's it teaching us? So this will explain. Let's see. Verebilezer. I say Rebilezer says it's forbidden. So it seems what Demachlokas is based on is... Remember... Generally, a man's brother, your brother's wife is also one of their rights. If he dies without children and there's evil, he, she, that's when it's permitted. When do we count the Yubum as starting? The Tanakama hold that Yubum really own, when, when's, when's the concept in this marriage of Yubum created? When the man dies without children. So you don't have to look past the time of death. So at the time of death, did her husband die without children? Yes, so she falls in Yibum. So she falls in Yibum. According to Rabbi Eliezer, no. When does Yibum kick in? As soon as you get married, Yibum kicks in because theoretically now she could fall to Yibum. Again, as soon as she's married, if her husband would die without children, she would fall to Yibum. So as soon as they get married. So listen what happened. She gets married to this guy. She then divorces him. She's now forever forbidden to do to marry that guy's brother because it's his brother's wife. Then remember, as we said in the previous piece, also once someone's an erva through marriage, they remain an erva forever. Until it falls when he gets married. So as you see it it is a new marriage, but she was already awesome to this brother from her first marriage to the guy. Then as soon as she married the guy and then divorced him there's no more possibility of Yibum. She becomes also to ever marry that guy's brothers. This is again going back to this, this important principle of do we say the Yibum kicks in at death? So you don't have to look further. Or no, not Kusuba. Don't bring in the Ksuba. Don't, uh, don't bring in the Ksuba. It's going to confuse things. Because whenever a woman marries, a man marries a woman, the start of the marriage, so she's automatically forbidden to his brother. Um, yes, but the Torah tells us when he dies without children, Yibum kicks in. She falls to Yibum. So, so therefore, you only look at the time of death, and at the time of death, did she fall, she, does her husband have children? No, so she falls to his brothers in Yibum. There was no connection, no Yibum, not a time when she got pushed away from Yibum. That's how the Tanakhama views it. Rabbi Eleza comes along and he says, no, you go, Yibum kicks in theoretically at the time of marriage. And therefore, when her husband divorces her, the possibility of Yibum is uprooted. And she becomes Isur Aishas Ochiv. Um, and once she becomes Isur Aishas Ochiv to that guy, she yeah. remains with it forever, even if he remarries her. Okay, let's see further. Based on the same principle. Pardon? I can see a problem with the comment. So too, if someone divorces an orphan, i.e. a young girl, there's zero, and then he remarries her, she can fall in Yibum. Rabbi Eliezer says it's also. Same concern, because granted it's only Midrabon in this marriage, 
but she gets pushed away. Um, according to Rabbi Eliezer, since Yibum kicks in at the, at the moment they get married, when he divorces her, that's saying she's a woman who fell to this man in Yibum and has now been... Yeah, let me rephrase it slightly different, Gavin. Maybe this will help you. She's a woman who fell in Yibum and she got rejected from Yibum because the husband did divorce, divorced her. Again, as soon as they married, theoretically, she's fallen in the... So there's the possibility of her falling into Yibum. So, and then when they get divorced, that possibility of Yibum has been uprooted. So you have a woman who fell in Yibum to a brother and was rejected from Yibum or pushed aside from Yibum because... Well, here it's because of the divorce. She's never ever allowed to marry that brother, even if there's a subsequent well, marriage. Why the first line of the Mishnah that uh, she... She is permitted to do it. That's the Tarakama. Yeah. So there's two opinions. There's a Tarakama and Rabbi Eliezer. This opinion that I just explained was Rabbi Eliezer. The Tarakama holds you look at the time of death. When her husband dies, yeah. that's the first time she falls in Yibum. Even if it's a second marriage. Even if it's a second marriage. So the Tarakama allows it. Yeah, the Tarakama allows it. It's but, Rabbi... you, but you said they can... Once she's uh, an average, she can never... Yeah, so that's Rabbi Eliezer who says, in a way... Because there's two ways of looking at Yibum for, at, at when does Yibum take effect. According to Rabbi Eliezer, who's the one who forbids it, he says Yibum really takes effect at the time that they get married. Therefore, she was someone who, I'm putting it in inverted commas, but fell in Yibum to his brother, because he, when he married her, then at the time of divorce... The Yibum was uprooted. Whereas, according to the Tanakama, she's never ever fallen in Yibum. Because according to the Tanakama, when does she fall in Yibum? Not when they get married, but only when the husband dies. So she's never ever fallen in Yibum. So it's not like she was a Yavam who became, she was a Yavama who became Osir to the brother-in-law. She's never become Osir to him. Again, remember, there's always the Isra Aishasaf. As long as your brother's married to his wife, and if he divorces or anything, or if he has children, she remains with that issue Isur She's forbidden to him as his brother's wife. The issue is when he dies without children, then she falls, then there's the question of Yibum. Now when do we say that Yibum fell took effect? Okay, let's see. Um, a new case. Katana um, a Katana whose father married her. Now interesting, that's to Oraisa. When he's got and then she got divorced. Now this is with the real get. Um, it's a question, something to just think about. How does a katana accept the get? Does her father do it? Does, uh, that's how Rashi seems to say. Yeah, but a big difference. But either way, you have this girl who's, this young girl whose father accepted Kedushin. So now she's to Orisa married. Remember, when we've been discussing a mana being married and it's only drop on her, that's because it's her mother or her brother, or possibly her, who accepted the Kedushin. And therefore, it's only Rabban. But if her father marries her, it's Doraisa. So she got a get. She's what's called an orphan in her father's lifetime. Again, her father has no more jurisdiction over her because she's been married in the interim. They have zero. And therefore, if while she's a mana, he remarries her, she is forbidden to the Yavam. Why is this? Because the first marriage was Doraisa, and she has a get from that husband. And now she's remarrying him only mid-Rabbana. Which means she's not really remarried him on a Doraisa level. And therefore, if he now dies without children, Doraisa she's viewed as... If Doraisa she was never married to this man, so how can she fall in Yibum to his brother? And, and only mid-Rabbana she is married to this man. But the mid-Rabbana is not going to override the Doraisa that she's a divorce of this man and therefore it's his considered his brother's wife after divorce, which is also Again, the, in, um, in this last piece, just be, be aware, we're going to bring it up a few times, what's an orphan in her father's lifetime, and once her father's married her off as a mana, and she divorces as a mana, her father has no more jurisdiction over her. So now any marriage she does after that, as a mana, would only be midrabbanon. That's the case. Okay, let's go into the Gemara. So it's Omar, if it says, my time is Rebbe Lezer, what's the reason for Rebbe Lezer? So we're going to see about four or five different 
answers explaining Rabbi Eliezer again, why is she also, again you have this Katana who got divorced, and then she remarried that same man, and then he died without children, and we say, Rabbi Eliezer says, she does not fall in Yibum. Since she was also to him for a moment. Again, as soon as they got divorced, she was, as we explained, Yibum had kicked in from the time they got married. So now at the time of divorce, she is also to fall in Yibum. And therefore, um, and that's why he says she's also. Well, if that's the case, then she shouldn't even need Khalitza. She should be completely free. Without Khalitza, he says, the Chita Ma'achanami, and maybe you'll say, yeah, she goes through without Khalitza. But we taught in the name of Rabbi Eliezer that she does Khalitza. Now, in the second marriage, she can't do Yibum, but she must do Khalitza. So, but if it's as you explained, then there shouldn't be Khalitza. So, El Omar, if a revised his opinion, he says, Rabbi Eliezer, Loyadana, my timer. You know, actually, I'm not sure of Rabbi Eliezer's reason. I don't know if you count that as an answer or a non-answer, but he says, I don't know. Okay, then an, an, another possibility. Omar um, Abaya says, I knew time at Rabbi Eliezer. The reason for Rabbi Eliezer is as follows. He's in doubt as whether you say she only falls to Yibum on death, like the Tanakama said, or do we say as soon as they get married, that's when she's viewed as falling in Yibum. If we say that it's only death that causes her to fall to Yibum, either death of her husband is when she becomes tired in Yibum, well, then she can do Yibum. If you say that it's from the moment they get married at, at first, when they get married, she falls in Yibum. She's lived with him for a moment in Esur. So she can't do Yibum in case we view it the second way, and she must do Chalitza in case she actually did fall in Yibum. Another answer, Rav Omar Rav says, No, I'm According to Rabbi Lezer, it's obvious that Mismapeles. Okay, this is how we generally understand Mismapeles. When does Yibum kick in? When do we view her as becoming permit, falling in Yibum and becoming permitted to the brother? Right, when do we view there's any connection between her and his brothers? Only at the time of death. This is oh, umihu. However, hakol bikin Everyone will know about that they got divorced, but not everyone will know that they got remarried, um, and therefore we're worried that people will think, oh look. She got divorced from that man and then she married his brother without being aware that she actually remarried him. So it's a xayra, it's a concern. So the Gemara says, Adarabha Khazara, Kivan Diyasa today, it's like Kale. She says, But what do you mean? On the contrary, if she got remarried to him, she'd be living with him and everyone would know. Trust me, it would be the talk of the town if this man divorced his wife and then started living with her again. So he says, no, so, so that you can't say. So he says, no, Okay, so then we, you have to say, we could be dealing with a case where she, um, or could it not also apply to a case where he remarried her at night, and then he died in the morning. Uh, he, they weren't married long enough for people to become aware that they were remarried. Once we say there is that possibility, and then people might get confused, oh, look, she was. They don't know that she got remarried because he died so shortly after the they got remarried. People be um, people will think, oh, they got divorced and now she's marrying his brother, not realizing that it's Yibum from the second time they got married when they got remarried, and therefore we're concerned. Once you have that concern in one case, then we're going to apply it across the board to all cases. Um, another answer, he says, Ravashi Omar, The reason for Rabbi Elazar says, Hani Mishum Av no, it's exactly, um, they made exaira on her marrying his brothers because of a case of a Yosoma in the life of her father who she remarried. And this is why this discussion is connected to our Mishnah. Remember, what's the Yosoma Bechaya have? Her father married her. She was originally married Doraisa, and then she remarried this, then she got married Midrabana. So now, the, from the first marriage, the Doraisa marriage, she's considered a divorced woman. A divorced woman can never marry her husband's brothers. And only from the second marriage, but the second marriage is only Midrabana. So that's Ravashi says we never allow this 
woman to go and marry her husband's brothers because we're concerned what about the case where the remarriage from a, from a, from a second marriage is only Midrabonin. This is actually most logical if you look at the second part of the Mishnah. It says, If you have a Katana whose father married her off and then she got divorced, now she's like an orphan in her father, even though her father's love. And then he remarried Divra, according to everyone, she's also too. What's the Mishnah coming to tell us? That's so obvious. We, we, we could have worked it out without the Mishnah telling us that, wait, the first marriage is Doraisa, the second marriage is Rabbon, and obviously she can't do Yibum because Doraisa, she's also to him. So he said, no, El Elan, must be coming to teach us at the time of the Rebbe Gazar Hanach Mishum Hai. It's actually a continuation of Rebbe Elezer's statement almost. Rebbe Elezer says she's Asur because of the case of a katana whose father married her off, etc., and she's assuming the life of her father. Shmamina, and that seems to be conclusive. Okay, so Rabashi wants to prove from our Mishnah that it's exera because of this case. I, again, why does Rabbi Leza say a man who remarries, who, who married a katana? <clears throat> Sorry, any time a man remarries his wife, she can't fall in Yibum to his brothers? Because of the case of a man who was Doraisa married to a katana and then he remarried the katana Midrabonin. That's the whole thing. Tanya Kavaisa Dravashi, there's a brisa that is in line that explains this exactly like Ravashi. With a minor who father married her off and then she got divorced so that's all Doraisa Harehi she's now like an orphan even though her father's alive there's zero and then she remarried this man I only a Midrap on marriage she can't do because her divorce was a complete Doraisa divorce but her returning in marriage is only Midrap so again so Doraisa she's also to her husband's brothers because she was divorced from her husband Midrabonon, she's falling in Yibum. But the Midrabonon of Yibum is not going to push aside Doraisa that she's also to them as one. Isukarais, that's one of the Arayas. Pardon? Why not? Why not? Well, this is a Kumva Asay. I think that, that's the easiest way to get around it. But uh, this Doraisa we change, she's also to him as one of the Arayas. Your brother's wife is also to you as one of the Arayas. Midrabonon, she's falling in evil. So they're not going to override and say, go ahead and do the Isur. You know, they're not going to say, they're never going to say, carry the Lulav in this case, which would be also Doraisa. And that's the easiest answer. Um, when is this is all when she got divorced when she was a child and remarried when she was a child. She got divorced when she was a mana, and remarried only when she was an adult. Or you could even say where she did remarry him while she was a mana, but she grew up next to him. She became an adult. So the marriage became Doraisa, and then he died. She can do Yibum or Chalitza. But according to Rabbi Eliezer, they say, do Chalitza and not Yibum. Again, because Rabbi Eliezer is always concerned. Even though her first marriage was Doraisa and her second marriage was Doraisa, Rebeleza says we always have the concern that you're going to get mixed up where the first marriage is Doraisa and the second marriage is only Drabonim. So therefore he says you never, once a man's, once this woman has divorced her husband, even if she goes back to him, she'll never ever fall in Yibo. She'll have to do Chalitza. That's how Rebeleza yeah, But answer. if he never did the divorce and she did marry to him and then went on to marry uh, the husband and then so she remarried her husband. She goes back. Yeah. Uh, team, it's not the Raisa, yeah, it, seem, it seems that. It seems that, yes. I think so, yeah. Um, sorry. What about her co wife? Again, according to Rebbe Yezer, can the co wife of a woman who was divorced and remarried do Yibum? Again, as we said, um, 
or at least say on a, on a Midrabonin level, she's only married to this woman Midrabonin. Well, let, let's go back a step. Generally, the co-wife of a woman who does not fall in Yibum does also not fall in Yibum. But in this case, she's only not falling into Yibum because of Rebilezer's Gezeira. Rebilezer's Gezeira is that we're always concerned of a woman in a second marriage. We basically say a woman, in a, in, if it's a second marriage to her same husband, she's never allowed to do Yibum. But it's only a Gezeira because of the case when she was a katana and it was Doraisa and then Rabon. But So in the Doraisa case where she should, what about her co-wife? So Amalei, he go for Gezeira, but Ananeikam beneath Gezeira, Gezeira. Well, she herself was only also because of Gezeira, so we're not going to come and make Gezeira to Gezeira. But wait, there's a price where Rebbe Lezer says, he and her co-wife, she and, sorry, she and her co-wife do Chalitza. says, he v'tzorasa salkatata. Can't be that both women the, the, the girl and her, the, the wife and her co-wife. Again, the wife here is the woman who he remarried for a second time. And her co-wife have to do chalitza. Because only one of them should have to do chalitza. So, elalav, oihi oitzoros chalitzas. It must be that either she or the first wife does chalitza. And what do we see? That the second wife, the co-wife, also has to do chalitza. So, the gzaira extends not only just as she can't do yibum in this case, because of the Xaira. So to her co wife, can't you even because of Xaira? The says, no. says, love, Toretsukomatase, you've just edited the Brysa. You said the Brysa doesn't make sense at face value and you've edited. Well then, Toretsaki, then why don't you just edit it as follows? That it's not a cash on how we explained it. He says, he cholotsa, tsarasas, oi cholotsas, oi misyabemis. She has to do chalitza, but her co wife can do either chalitza or yibum. Again, once you're editing the bracer, you can edit it to fit in, to argue, or you can edit it to fit. So why are you editing to argue? That's the last one. It's a very tricky stuff, this. Okay. Um, next piece. Next Mishnah. Two brothers married to two sisters, and we discuss, who are manas, and orphans. Right, so what? They only, these two brothers who married the two sisters, are only married Midrabonin. Now just to, interest, just to have something a little bit lighter in this very com- complicated duck, there was a fame, there's a well-known, um, very, he's known as very pious, he seemed to have started a movement of piety among the times of the Rishonim, I think around the 1300s, I think, maybe even a bit earlier, um, Rabbeinu Yehuda Chosid. And he wrote a famous book called Sefer Hasidim. Again, this is long before what we call Hasidim. Or this is a, that was another. Yeah. Now he has a very interesting tzavah, ethical world, where he writes a whole list of things to be careful of, well, and some of them are, are bizarre and seem to be almost against Gemara. For example, he says two brothers should not marry two sisters. That's a, in the tzavah of Rabbi Hasidim. So there's a whole discussion amongst the poskim and stuff. How do we treat this tzavah? This these rules in his ethical will given down by Rabbeinu Yehuda HaChosid. And he was, he seemed, they treat him in general as a huge, as a very pious, tzaddik, great in Torah, almost, um, you know, Ashkenazi Godel. But then he says these very strange things. Another one he says, like a, a girl is not allowed, a man is not allowed to marry someone who has the same name as his mother. Like all these, some very strange things he says. But one of them is against this Mishnah. So there's an interesting note of Yehuda where he discusses, um, he discusses this. And he actually says, in these sort of things, you can't rely on it. And he suggests that Rabbi Yehuda Chosid wrote his will specifically for his family. He realized somehow, maybe through Rosh Kodesh or something, that marriages in, in his family, these sort of marriages won't work out well. But to say for the general populace that you, two brothers can't marry two sisters, well, we have a Farish Mishnah where they don't seem to have an issue with it. So why would, how can that be a problem? So a very interesting discussion on this. I'm trying to think that the Nobi Yudah ends off. Um, let's slip my mind. The end of that shiva is also a, a very important principle. Not sure. Don't remember. But I know the not of Yehudi in general is very rooted in, like, if you can't see it in Shas, how seriously, if you can't prove the halacha or prove what you want to tell me I have to do, I'm not allowed to do, from the Gemara, how seriously do we actually have to take it? There are a few times where people suggested, what about this, what about that? And he's like, well, look, I don't deal with uh, Kabbalistic ideas or 
I don't deal, um, it's not written in the Gemara, so I don't know how to answer that question. Like, you know, if it's in the Gemara, then I know, I can learn the Gemara and I can tell you what the halach is. If it's not in the Gemara, well then it's, I don't have the framework to address those issues. Very interesting, yeah. Man, Lord Abuda was a very great, uh, one of the Gedonim of his time, one of the most uh, prominent poskim. But that's, okay, so that's a light note on these, a light note on the two brothers who married two sisters. But, let's see a bit further. So it says, so you have two brothers who married two young girls, Drabonan marriages, Mule marriages. So and the husband of one of them died. Now what's the difficulty? Is she's falling in Yibum, Midrabonan, to her brother, to, to her brother in law, but her brother is married to her wa, to her sister. So now remember, you don't, if someone's in a, in a Doraisa marriage, a woman would never fall in Yibum to her, to a, a man married to her sister, because Achos Isha is one of the Arayos. So the Gemara answers, what he says, Taita Mishum Achos Isha, she goes free because of Achos Isha. Again, Bechain Shtei Haroshos, and so too if they are two deaf mutes. Deaf mute also can't affect a Doraisa marriage. So the whole thing here is all midrabonon. It's a drabonon, it's a woman, two women who are married only midrabonon. And the one is falling in Yibu midrabonon. But midrabonon, the person she's falling in Yibum to is married to someone who's an erva to her. But since it's all midrabonon, it's a, I understand as it's an equal playing field, so you'd kind of treat it normally. So just as in a Doraisa case, a woman would not fall to the man married to her sister, so too since it's all Midrabonin, it doesn't. But now the Mishnah, I think this is where the Mishnah really wants to um, get into the discussion. What happens if you have a, the one brother's married to an adult and the one brother's married to a, to a mana? And the husband of the katana dies. Now we've got a problem. Why? Because, wait, so, Midrabonon, sorry, who, who died? Mesa Bala, oh, so, you know, it's not such a big issue yet, but Mesa Bala Shelkana, so um, she was only married to Rabonon, and she falls in Yibum to someone who's also to her. Now the the, the marriage to the adult is Doraisa marriage. So we're never going to say the Drabon and Yubum is going to overpower the Doraisa marriage. So that's, so that's what he says. Taita Akhtana Mishum Achos Isha. You, the Katana goes free because of Achos Isha. Meis Ba'ala Shel Gedoyla. What happens if the adult dies? Now, sorry, this is where things get excited because now we've got a whole world of problems. Firstly, the, so the Godel falls in Yibum, Doraisa. She was married Doraisa to the brother, so she falls Doraisa in Yibum to the brother. But Midrabon and the brother's already married to her sister. So Doraisa, she's falling in Yibum, but Midrabon, she can't do Yibum because she's married to her sister. But then you even, it should even affect the other marriage. Because if you're saying the other marriage, the, the marriage to the Katani is only Midrabon, well now there's a Doraisa Zika between the the second brother and his Yevoma. There's the Zika Doraisa. And we know that you're not allowed to be, you're not allowed to marry Achosukukoso. You're not allowed to marry the sister of someone you have a Yubum bond to. So, and it's only Midrabonan that he's married to this girl. So maybe that girl should, so, so his current wife's a problem because it's only a Midrabonan marriage and it's Achosukukoso. The new woman falling into Yibum is a problem because it's Achos Isha Midrabonan. So what do you do? We're going to have a three way Machloi case what you do. Rebbe Lezer says you tell the child to do miyun, the younger one to do miyun. Miyun makes it as if they were never ever married, and therefore he can do yibum daraisa. Again, according to Rebbe Lezer, it's not an option to stay with this katana because she's achos kukasa. Rebbe Gamliel, Gamliel says, Rebbe says, 
Um, if she does miyun, sorry, yeah, let, let's not do this. Im miyuno, miyuno. If she wants to do miyun, good. The im love, if not, what happens if they do, she doesn't want to do miyun? This young, this young girl says, I'm perfectly happy. So then, tamain, tamten alchetavdil. You have to wait till the young girl grows up, becomes an adult. And then the one who fell in yibum goes free because she's his sister's wife. Oh, I should have mentioned he also can't do chalitza. Because if he does chalitza, then his current wife is Achos Chalutzosa, the sister of the one he did chalitza to. You're not allowed to marry the sister of the one you married to. And again, it's only a Jerabonan marriage, so it's not like it's ironclad yet. So that's Rabban Gamil's solution. Again, if she wants to do Miyun very well, if she doesn't want to do Miyun, you wait till she grows up. Once she grows up, it's a Doraisa marriage. And then the second, and then the one who felt him in Yibon goes free. The, 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 the difficulty with that is almost, there's already, remember, Rabun Gamil doesn't hold the Zikki strong, that's why it works. If he held the Zikki strong, well then how can he remain with this mana while he has a Doraisa Zikka to this Yavoma? So Rabun Gamil doesn't hold the Zikki strong. Remember we had a discussion early on in the Masechta, how is the Zikka like marriage or is it not? Rabun Gamil holds it not. And therefore, he can remain with the mana, and when the mana grows up, it turns into a Doraisa marriage, which then uproots the Yavoma's connection, uh, tenuous connection to him. And then a third option, third solution, Rabbi Yeshua Aimer, Oila al Ishto, Oila al Aishas Achiv. Woe to his wife and woe to his brother's wife. Says Moitzes Ishto Beget, he has to divorce his wife with a get, Aishas Achiv, Pachalitza, and he has to divorce his brother's wife with Chalitza. He can't remain married to the current, his current wife, Midra Bonin, because Doraisa, she's Achos Kukasa. He has a Doraisa connection to the Yavom. He can't marry the Yavom, the Yavom because she's Achos Isha. Again, only Dura but she is Achos Isha, his brother's wife. So therefore he has to divorce the one and do Chalitza on the other. So he loses both women according to Rabbi Yeshua. Okay. Um. Let's start the Gemara. He says, Umi Shari, how can Rebbe Eleze, um, how can we motive, tell Rebbe Eleze, Rebbe, sorry, remember Rebbe Eleze's solution to the problem was, tell her to do Mion. And then it's as if the marriage was allowed. Are you allowed to tell someone to do Mion? Are you allowed to encourage Mion? He says, A person should always distance himself from three things. Sorry. Um, Yidbak, attach himself to three things. And distance himself from three things. I think this, before we even go into what they are, which is a whole discussion in itself, this is important in life to realize. You've got to have values, you've got to have principles. And there are certain things that are worth affiliating with, qualities, actions, etc. And there are certain actions and qualities and stuff that you try to separate yourself from. Um, what are they? He says... Um, Yidbak what are the three things he should attach himself to? He should rather do chalitza. He should rather do chalitza than yibum. Havoz shalom, making peace between people. and annulling your vows. If you make a vow, don't, as we'll see, don't even keep it, rather annul it. Not good to make vows. Now, we, we're going to explain what each of them are. Then, what are the three things you must distance yourself from? Minha miun, from doing miun. Do not go near miun. Are you not allowed to do miyun? This is the question because Rebbe Lezer says we tell this girl to do miyun. But let's see the others. Umina have picked on us. Don't act as, don't off, don't watch other people's property for them. We'll see the exact scenario. And mina arvunos, and don't become a guarantor on a loan. We'll see exactly what those cases are. But, the, but our question, what's our question? Rebbe Lezer comes along and says you tell this girl to do miyun. So it's as if they were never married and then he can do yibum to his brother's wife says, but we just saw you're not allowed to do miyun. You should not tell someone to do miyun. It's something that you must distance yourself from. So the Gemara answers, miyun de mitzvah shiny. Miyun on a mitzvah is different. Um, now, um, so, so yeah, you're right. In general, we strongly discourage miyun and avoid miyun. But when it's for a mitzvah, for yibum, we will encourage it. Tosos here very fascinatingly bring the rach, 
in the name of God, I don't know who that is, but in, a, in the name of an early greater sage, he says, You should not even marry a young girl until she proves that she's an adult. So that you don't even come on to Mun. But didn't the rabbis institute this marriage for a mana? It's where there's a specific concern that she might end up becoming hefker, becoming promiscuous. This is not a clear proof, because from our sugya, there's nothing wrong with marrying the mana. Should just try avoid mule. And she should not be definitely not be encouraged to do meal. That's from also here. But he's saying this go on learns that you should actually never even get in the marriage that might be uh, uprooted with Mion. And but then he says and he says very interesting, he says, Oh, but the rabbis made exactly this whole parak has been the rabbis instituted Mion. So he says, No, they only instituted Mion, not like we understood Mion for every young girl who's orphaned. To protect her in a specific case where you see she might be, I guess, neglected and not taken care of, that she will end up in bad society and be treated hefker. Uh, you see, she doesn't have a strong family home. She doesn't have a good f- community support. She, the school she goes to is a, the the people there already. But you know, you see, there's a reason for concern. Then you do marry her off. That's when Chazal is speaking, but not as a general rule. Quite an interesting thought, because it's changed the way we look at a few things. Okay, let's do Gufa. So, oh, now we're going to analyze what Bar Kapora said. So we're going to go through each one. The first thing he said, you should attach yourself to his Chalitza. Which, interesting, this is a little bit counterintuitive, because Chalitza is separating yourself from the woman. So he's saying, yeah, something you should attach yourself to is distancing yourself from this woman. Why? Ka'abashul, like Abashul, the Tanya Abashul, Omer Abashul says, Hakoine says, Yavamto, L'shem Noi, L'shem Ishus, L'shem Tavar Acher. If someone does Yibum, because he thinks she's beautiful, because he wants the status of being a married man, or for any other reason, it's as if he's going, he's getting close to this erva of his brother's wife, and the child is a mamzer. Unless Abishol holds, unless you're doing yibum for the mitzvah of yibum, as soon as you have some ulterior motive, that's, why we don't do it today. that's one of the main reasons we don't do it today. As soon as it's for some slight ulterior motives, he says it's basically the erva and the child's borderline of mamzer. Um, that's, so distance yourself from Yibum, do Chalitza. Sorry, attach yourself to Chalitza. Bavos Shalom, what does it mean creating peace? So Havos Shalom is making peace between, uh, have a good chance, between two people. To see as it's written, Vikei Shalom Varodfehu. Pursue Shalom. I don't think this is the proof that you must attach yourself to Shalom. This is just showing us the high value that's placed on creating Shalom. For Omar Rebiyavu, Rebiyavu says, I say Redifa, Redifa. We can make a connection between Redifa and Redifa. Ksiv Hatha's written here, Biki Shalom Varodfehu. Seek out peace and pursue it. Tuxiv Hasam and is written elsewhere. Roidev stock of a chesed. Yimotze Chaim stock of a chesed. If you pursue um, righteousness or justness and kindness, you will find life to dock and covered. Rashi explains. Tashdum Skar God Allah Shalom. There's a great, great reward for someone who brings peace. He eats the produce of that great deed in this world and the capital payment of the reward is in Oilam Haba. Kigmilos Chasodim, similar to Gmilos Chasodim. Dixibbu, who has it written by Gmilos Chasodim, he will find life and justness in Oilam Haba, the covered by Oilam Haze and honor in this world. So that's a beautiful idea on the Ha value. Obviously you don't make peace because necessarily for the reward, but it shows us how great it is when you see such a special reward written about um, peace. And I think the more it carries on analyzing them, but I think we'd better leave it here for today.